When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Quarantine Mackie and Judd, Episode 3. Right? Are we on Episode 3 of the Quarantine Edition of Mackie yes. and Judd? I think so. Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday yep. here. Yep. Time is a flat circle right it now is. for me. Judd and I just can't get our COVID results in yet. Beards are growing more gray. I yeah, feel great yeah. today. My neck beard has really taken off. I'm very I feel really good. It. I was doing somersaults off the bed. I'm going to see if I can go all day without taking any medicine. I'm going to see if wow. I can make it. I mm. feel good. Awesome, man. That, that actually, right. like jokes aside, that's good to hear. We yeah. don't want Declan to meet his demise um, through COVID this week. Well, yeah. Some people might. I don't know. Some people. But, but we don't. So we're going to dive in today. A scoop of doogie on the horizon on the show today. The baseball offseason has officially begun. The Twins already made their first move, which we'll dive into. But a quick shout out to Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been helping and supporting local business owners for over 100 years. You can follow them on Twitter, too. That's right. They're on social media at Federated INS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. Uh, for instance, topics that Im- could impact your business like employment practices, FMLA, gender identification in the workplace, all kinds of different things. And during the month of November coming up, Federated reminds you to find out what's in your forecast and take steps to avoid weather-related crashes. So again, federatedinsurance.com is the website, Federated INS on Twitter. And remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. And boys, if we had our full allotment of production here, I think we'd be firing the reckless speculation sounder because we're about to dive into our first Twins sort of off-season speculation discussion here. And I just want, before we get into the news and the move they made and some of the questions, I just want to put a disclaimer out from my end. I don't know where you guys stand. I'm still very much chapped one month later at the Twins' inability to win one damn playoff game. And so I am, I'm still very fiery when I think back to the debacle that happened at the end of September. But these questions are, how can we fix that? We're trying to help here. See, this show, all this show does is it helps. It realistically helps teams, right? What so I'm to, saying, Judd, is I don't know if I want to fix it. You've got to get over I'm it. No, I'm saying that's our role. Like, we're on this earth. We do this show to help teams. It, now, if they choose not to take our advice, that's their fault. But we are here. What have we been trying to do all season long? Help the Vikings. Like, we're literally, a, we're giving them a playbook every day. And fans are like, well, no. The, well, of course you don't like that the meal's not done Mackie and judd cook the meal we do all the crappy work for you so that you can enjoy it and when the vikings meal is done it's going to be a super bowl crafted meal if listened to right the twins is the same way what i'm telling you right now fellas you've got to get past your anger because we're the only ones with the answers let me ask you this okay and maybe this is coming from a place of anger Owen 18 the longest postseason futility streak in North American sports history. And it's been about a month since we've said that. It can't be said enough. In fact, we should almost open every show until they win a playoff game we, by just reminding people, work welcome, through it. this is Mackie and Judd, and uh, today we're going to dive into Vikings free agency. But a quick reminder that the Twins are 0-18 in their last 18 playoff games. I, I need you to work through this. Do they deserve to be fixed? Yes. Yes, they do. Have they earned the right to be fixed? If they will listen, yes, they do. You know why? 
because we've got the answers. So you got to listen to it. Like we're we're the Pied Pipers. We're, yeah, I, I'm more the 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 smoke piper we, at this point when it comes. We got to get you, we got to get you past this this place of anger and resentment, and we have to get the twins to a place where because they're closer now. Yes, it's very frustrating, but they're closer now. They're not a dumpster fire of a franchise, which you know six years back they obviously were, or eight years back. So that's why this segment's important. Reckless speculation is code for listen up, and we've got the answers for your team. All right, that's what reckless speculation is. I'm uh, I'm glad that you're here with. I think I think I'm just. At why, a point am I where like, why am I the calm one? Why am I the calm one on this? Why are you the calm? That doesn't make any sense. No. Well, like, Declan, how do you, Declan? Are you to a point are, after one month of of digesting the Twins being 0 and 18 in their last 18 playoff games? Are you ready to say let's jump back in and just let's help this team? see yes. the light or are you more just like screw these guys no no i, I i've gotten over it. It, it i didn't watch a single playoff game to the world series so like it took a while it took a while because and, and i love baseball playoffs so the fact it took that long to to get in back to baseball was tough but no i want to help them I, they, they need to go they, there's an offseason checklist we still have to check off here so so we have to address things we can fix this it just takes one game just one game and <laughs> sports, then we can get over this sports dad doesn't abandon his children he leads the flock. Okay, <laughs> it's a sports cult. All right. It's a sports cult. All right. Well, I'm 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 here, and I just I'm present in this discussion, and I will <laughs> and I will contribute to this discussion. I just want you guys to know that I'm still chapped, and I'm still pretty pissed All that right. they couldn't even win one damn game against the Astros. I'll mark so, that down right now. Phil, Phil still chapped. <laughs> so uh, the news from yesterday: the Twins have decided to not exercise Sergio Romo's 2021 five million dollar option. He's 37 years old. It's been super fun having him on this team. And for the most part, with the exception of a couple blowups here and there, I think he's been great for the team. He's been a quality reliever. And I think he's been, for the most part, a good leader behind the scenes. And he's brought some personality and some sizzle to a team that was mostly just a piece of Salisbury steak for like 15 years. Um, now, did he did he cross the line a couple times and uh, and and maybe cause some ruffling of feathers when it didn't warrant it? Yes, but... This is the first decision the Twins have made in a long line of decisions they have to make this winter. So Romo gone, and that's $5 million that won't be on the books. The other big decisions, I think, in terms of the internal decisions they have to make, do they re-sign Nelson Cruz? Do they tender Eddie Rosario a contract going into his third year of arbitration? And what about the other free agents like Jake Odorizzi and Trevor May and Tyler Clippert? So my question to you is, the payroll is likely to come down just based Mm -hmm. on revenue losses in 2020. The White Sox are charging from behind in the American League Central. Yeah, we got to talk about them. Though. About to hire about, Tony Larusa. I, I think they're about to do something incredibly stupid. Yeah, I, I seventy-six-year-old manager. What is this, Connie Mack coming back from the dead? Yeah, yeah let's let's take a Tim Anderson-led flare, awesome young yeah. White Sox team and put like the oldest hey, grizzled manager. If I'm the Twins or a Twins fan, I love this. I, I love too. this, but I don't think. I, I, I think that team is going to be good enough and they're going to make moves in the offseason like they always do. Um, and we can get to that. But my question to you is, did the Twins miss their World Series window these last two years? I can unequivocally say this. They did not miss their World Series window. They missed an opportunity. So so there was definitely a chance presented for success that, that the Twins um, capitalized on during the course of the season and then they got to the playoffs. And they, um, they they peed down their pant leg. Uh, but that being said, the World Series window, I don't think, can be considered to be closed. Because there's still talent coming up. There's still a good core roster. I still, and I know the playoffs have been mismanaged. And I know it's frustrating. And I agree there, okay? But the fundamental core philosophy of this franchise now I think is a very sound and solid one that's incredibly competitive and puts you in a position to succeed now the question is when you get to October do you now say what have we done wrong and how do we change that but as far as the conversation of of boy those were two fun years and now I see you know fourth place in the American League Central in 2021 no um I do think 2021 becomes inc- incredibly important because I think that's a very good chance we don't have baseball in 2022. So you're going to continue to have attrition and guys um, coming off the roster. But no, I 
firmly do not believe that the window is completely closed because I think this franchise um, from from the first day of spring trading to the last day of the regular season, very important to say, is run absolutely really well. And I think it's very, very competitive. Um, Lessons have to be learned as far as playoff success. But I think if these guys are smart enough, are smart enough to, to learn from the two Astros games, and just as importantly, two nights ago, game six, right? Blake Snell, you don't take Blake Snell out. Tampa Bay did a very Twins-like thing. I think if you learn from those lessons, um, I would not say, oh, man, it's done. So I don't th- – actually, you know what? Now that I think of it, we should actually rephrase the question from did they miss their World Series window to did they miss their window to win a playoff game? Let's let's start that. Like, like that's honestly that's the more credible question, right? Did they course, miss their window of, to of win? Of course a they. Yes. Of course they did. Yes. yes, of course. Well, what do you mean? You just said they haven't missed their World Series window, but they've missed their playoff, oh, playoff game? game. But one playoff game. One game. One Astros winnable game two. No, no, no. I'm saying. I'm saying like I'm the, the question. Series? I'm saying the question I posed was: Have they missed their World Series window? Now is it shut? And what I'm saying is, no, the question really should be, have they missed their window to win a playoff game? Like, let's start with, like, can they win a playoff game next year? Oh, next year? Of course yeah. they can. Um, so here's my take on it, all right? I think their best chance with this current collection was to do damage either in 2019 when they broke the home run record or 2020 when uh, they had all the stars aligned and two really good starting pitching performances in the first round. I think they blew their really good chances to potentially go deep and and maybe even make some World Series noise. Mm-hmm. Um, were they going to be as good as the Dodgers? Pro- probably not. I mean, the Dodgers rolled out just a ridiculous roster. Even if they would have made it through the American League this year, they'd probably still get beat by the Dodgers. But but they missed their best chances. And now I think – I don't think they go into like a rebuild mode by any means. I think they're still going to be a playoff contender, especially if they expand the playoffs going forward. But I feel like a lot of their key pieces, like Nelson Cruz – He's probably gone at this point, especially if the National League opens up DH slots. That's like, you know, you're now you're opening up for 15 more teams to bid on his services. Mm-hmm. I think they probably transition away from an Eddie Rosario. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Miguel Sano and they replace those guys with unproven rookie players like Alex Kirloff. We think is going to be amazing, but he might need an adjustment period. Brent Rooker, I think, is going to be really good, but he might slump in the first half or something. So. I, I see this team going through a little bit of a roster transition. And also on the pitching side, they their pitching staff is mostly made up of either trades or free agent acquisitions. Like Rich Hill made eight starts for them last year. And uh, Jacob Arizzi is going to be gone. Randy Dobnak made 10 starts. I don't know if I rely on him for a full season next year. So their starting rotation is in flux as they wait for some of their young stud prospect pitchers to come up. So I think... I think their World Series window temporarily closes for 2021, barring a bunch of you know big-time offseason moves I don't think they're going to make. I think they're competitive in 2021, but I think you're now sort of waiting for like the Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov grouping of players and some of these pitchers like Jordan uh, Balazovic is their top pitching prospect. I think you need those guys to come in and make an impact for your next big window to open, and that might be another couple of years. Possibly, I will say this. I, th- I think the uh, potential subtraction of Sano, if done right, actually helps you out a lot. Um, he is He's so hit and miss in every way possible. He is – we have an idea of a guy like that in our heads and what he can bring, and he consistently does not. So I don't know that the subtraction of a player like Miguel Sano doesn't actually improve your team short term. The one guy that the more I think about it, I would bring back is probably Cruz. He's older, but you know what? He's in incredible shape. Um, he, he sets a tone for that club on and off the field. That's important. My guess is he he um, balances out, if this makes sense, mm-hmm. Donaldson to a certain degree. Donaldson unchecked sort of concerns me here. If he's checked, he doesn't as much. Uh but I think the one thing that we have to keep in mind is this market, unless you are probably Trevor Bauer, this market's going to be dead. Like there is going True. to be, this is going to be a terrible market. And so a lot of one, a lot of one year deals. I bet. Exactly right. And so if the twins want guys back, my guess is for, for the, the most part, not across the board, but my guess is for the most part that they can get guys back. This is going to be 
a winter in which my I would just throw it out there. What about two or three guys get paid probably, and everybody else takes? Uh, I'll take that at least for a year or two deal because that this pandemic now is going to set the sport back financially by a lot. So I do think if the Twins truly want somebody back, they probably can get them back for 2021. Yeah, uh, you brought up Miguel Sano. So I think if 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 we're making an offseason to do list, I am. I, listen, you're not going to get a lot for him. You're just not like you're. He, he is what he is at this point. He's he's 27 years old, I believe. Let me just pull this up here. He's 27. Uh, he's going to turn 28 halfway through next year before the All Star break, and so no longer is he this young, promising, up and coming, moldable player. He is what he is. Like he is, he is diet Adam Dunn. And if you look at his last three years as he's emerging into his prime, yeah. not only is he striking out more than any other hitter in baseball, his average season is this is ridiculous. His average season is only, uh, let's see here, 105 games, 71 games. He did play 53 of 60, but it's like two thirds or three quarters of, of every season because of injury. Um, and he's batting 222 with a 311 on base percentage. So I've already made my evaluation. He's not a good hitter. He runs into fastballs once in a while and curveballs and hits them over the fence, and that's great. And you can like you can find guys who do that. Uh, he's a he, I would say he's an average to below average defensive first baseman, and he can't stay healthy. And so I don't know what you're going to get for him, but if there's a team that can even take the contract off of your books, the contract's I, fine. And I and I get that there's no salary cap in baseball, and yeah. so in theory, like you, know, you can just you can just spend. Well, that's not the reality. The reality is the Twins are going to have to cut some payroll, and they're going to have to shuffle some things around. And so, if somebody wants to take the 2021 and 2022, there's like 20 million dollars left on this contract, and it allows the Twins to do something else at another position, or it allows them to get a starting pitcher that you can slot into the rotation. Like that's one of the first things I would look at this offseason is just addition by subtraction, Miguel Sano. And that, I, I think that he's still at the point where my guess is that you could find two or three teams out there that probably think that they can save him. Oh, my God, he's, you know, if he just makes this adjustment in the box, he'll be fine. And and, and he'll, he'll certainly, you know, um, thrive here. So if, I, I, if I'm the Twins with Sano's current contract, I think he can definitely be dealt. But I just, I really believe that he's to the point now where, if you move him off the roster, you might be doing yourself a favor um, just based on the fact that I don't know that he is ever going to be anything close to what we originally thought. In fact, I'm certain that he's not going to be. So that's one where I would say that's probably addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair thing to say. I would also really take a look at just my my overall approach. And this does, this applies to the playoffs, too, I think. Uh, the, the Twins have this sort of low on base percentage, streaky power hitter run of guys in their lineup. And Miguel Sano is one of them. Eddie Rosario is one of them. Max Kepler has actually kind of turned into one of them, although I think he's at least shown a little bit more potential to be something more like he was in 2019. Yep. But that's just a really, really hard formula, especially when you get into like three and five game series, where if you're not hitting for power and you're not getting guys on base, like how are you going to score runs? Yep. And the and the Twins last year, among the ten guys that played the most for them, Mitch Garver. Like, listen to these on base percentages. So, like anything anything below three three thirty and three twenty is like you're just not getting on base enough to make an impact mm-hmm. unless you're also hitting for power. Mm-hmm. Mitch Garver two forty seven on base percentage. Miguel Sano two seventy eight on base. I mean, these are paltry, terrible, demotion worthy on base percentages. Mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco, 304. Like, he just wasn't getting on base. That's his job. Your job is to get on base, man. Eddie Rosario, 316, which is actually for him pretty good, but not very good relative to the rest of the league. Byron Buxton is a low on base percentage guy who hits for some power, 267. So I'm not saying get rid of all of these guys, but I don't think you can have like six dudes in your lineup that are just feast or famine. They either, you know, they either make an out seven or eight times, uh, or they hit a home run once in a while. Uh, you just need some more diversity and on base in your lineup, and I would look long and hard at that too. Do you guys think that Garver's fine? I can't decide there because I, he he was 
so good in 2019, and he was so bad, but it was a, a short year, but he was so awful. Do you think he bounces back and, and, and is fine and that there is uh, someplace that he can get between his success of 19 and 20? Or do you think that we've got a problem here and this guy just had one great year and he's going to be a wash from the I mean, year? De- Dex was, I think Dex was the first one on this show like 10 days into the season to say, oh, oh. <laughs> and is, you told and him it to never got down. better. I did. I was wrong. Sorry, Declan. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little worried about him. You know, I, I think the book came out of him a bit. And look, I don't think he's as bad as he was in 2020. And, and that was pretty putrid performance. But I just I just didn't think he could get, what, 29 home runs in like 97 games in 2019. Like, that's seriously unheard of, it, especially from a catcher position. I, I think he's a decent player. And, and in the minor leagues, he's hit everywhere he's been. So I think he's a solid hitter. And he's made a lot of good strides defensively. He's never going to be a staunch but like behind the plate. He's not going to be Alex Avila. He's not going to be a guy who's known for his defensive prowess. But he definitely has a good bat. But at this point, I, I wouldn't bail on him. I would probably just roll with the Jeffers-Garber tandem and accept the fact that, yeah, defensively, you might not be great. I think Ryan Jeffers did okay defensively, too, last year. He wasn't obviously a gold glove candidate, but he did okay. But I think you roll with both those guys. And that's a luxury to have if you have two offensive hitting catchers. Because, look, I mean, there's like, what, five, six catchers in the league that hit above average and can hit for power. And then the rest, it's pretty much the same from six through 25. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you, you, you stick with Garber, you roll with Jeffers, and you just you do another tandem like that. I think that's probably what you would do. But, yeah, you don't bail on Garber just yet. So, you know what, I would, I, would probably, I would probably look at at least rolling the dice with them again in 2021 because I just don't think – I don't think you can – I mean, this is a great buy low option for other teams if they wanted to take a flyer on him. Um, but you'd be selling low on a guy that might explode again mm-hmm. for another team. Now he is going to be 30 years old in January, so I would I would be a little bit careful age wise with him at catcher. But he also has experience. He can play corner outfield if needed. He can play first base. And so, do you just have sort of a catcher rotation between him and Ryan Jeffers, and then Mitch Garver? Maybe he plays like the corner outfield spots and some first base and DH, and he just becomes a guy that you look to get in the lineup situationally when he's not catching. I think I think position flexibility is a big thing for this team, and it seems like they might have lost a little bit of it last year. I mean, like Miguel Sano lost his position flexibility by just like not being able to play third base flexibility anymore. Flexibility was gone. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I just I think there's some room for for a couple guys, and Mitch Garver can be one of them to to not just be locked in at one position, and that might help clear some things up. The the one thing that concerns me about making judgments off this past season is. It was so weird, um, and I'm so so. Gar- Garver basically from day one seems sort of like, well, I'd rather not play, but I have to play, and I know I have. That's really a bad way to to look at at things, and so I do I do wonder now in retrospect that if guys had bad years, are, are they showing something about themselves as far as their ability on the field, or it? Or was that potentially a mental thing? And I don't know. And the, yeah. the the one thing I will say, so the one the one little inch that I will give Sano in this conversation, because it's an unknown. He had COVID. We know that. And we know he didn't have it bad. But we don't know if he had sort of some of the symptoms and was, you know, worn down or if he didn't have the uh, symptoms at all. My point being is, I would be curious to know from my standpoint now how sick he got because he does not strike me as the type of guy that if he got sick, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that necessarily would come back quickly. And that's not a a knock on him here. That's just, you know, if he lost uh, his strength, if he had a fever, I don't know. So the pandemic does cause me a little bit of of, to, uh, of a takeaway from do we attribute some of it to the fact that it was a 60 game really weird season or did a guy like Garver just, you know, thrive in 2019 and that was, was not him from day one. And that yeah. one I can't tell. Yeah. Well, listen, so we, we got to get to a scoop with Doogie here, but. We're going to keep Twins conversations going, much to much to my chagrin, because I'm just not over the playoff losses yet. And I'm like, I'm like diehard Twins guy on this show too. I don't know, man. This is the most mad I've been at them after a month, probably. Did the Blake Snell thing? Years I've been here make you more upset. Did seeing Blake Snell come out, which was a very Twins thing, 
It so did. you're like sort of back now. It, 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 brought me, mad. It, it brought me back to the look on Jose Barrios's face <laughs> as Rocco Baldelli put both hands on his shoulders and looked him in the eye and said, son, you're not good enough to face this lineup for a third time, but Cody Stashak is uh, ready to come okay. and pick you up here. It's going to be great. Fair enough. So, uh, but some, just to, just to give a little teaser of some of the things we are going to talk about going into the next month, month and a half or so is the Josh Donaldson contract still one that you're okay with. Don't answer that now. If the twins do move on from Miguel Sano, what is the risk that he turns into David Ortiz? That's another one we can dive into. Um, and anything else you guys want us to, to touch on potential free agent candidates that do make sense for the twins. If they can Trevor find Bauer. a way to make it work. Trevor Bauer would be great. I yeah, think that was honestly, if it came down to like, you, you could only fire one bullet, including your internal guys. Would you rather have Trevor Bauer for one year or Nelson Cruz for one year? Trevor Bauer is my Bauer. guy. Bauer. All day. Trevor Bauer for sure. All right. But um, we'll, we'll have those conversations as we go forward here. Uh, quick pause and then a scoop with our friend Doogie. All right. We got our buddy here, Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News Sports Department and also host of the Scoop podcast. Inside information about your favorite local sports teams. You can follow him on Twitter at DWolfson. KSTP Dukes, what's going on, man? What's up, Phil? Good to see you guys. Declan, I'm glad to see that you're doing okay. Phil, with Halloween fast approaching on Saturday, it got me thinking back, what was it, about 10, 11 years ago? I think it was pre-Droogie. I don't think Droogie was born yet. Do you remember the party Dude, in my garage? Super Randy, fun. Macho Man, Savage Phil. Ooh, That's yeah. when life was so much easier, right? Like <laughs> Life is Our- so bleeped up right now. Think about just back to that particular night. The party at my house, you as Macho Man, I missed those. Amazing. Actually, actually, it was Jordan Bianchi, our mutual friend who writes about NASCAR for The Athletic. He dressed as the Macho Man. I dressed as Ric Flair in a custom okay, sequin robe. All right. Woo. I can't keep track, but I just remember just I remember how fun that party was. I remember the the you know the drunken beer pong in the garage. <laughs> I remember all the just drunken shenanigans. I just <laughs> the bottom line is I miss those days because life is I'm telling you life is so bleeped up right now. There's rumors in it this is. newsroom. I'm talking to you from from the Hubbard newsroom, the the TV newsroom. I mean, there's 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 at least, you know, rumblings of after the election, mid-November, you know, the way the the COVID numbers are are trending unfortunately, that are we looking at a potential, you know, another uh state lockdown, right? Yeah. So do the kids, like my kids right now, I've got a fourth grader and a first grader. Thankfully, one is able to go to school two days a week, the fourth grader. The first grader goes four days a week. Then on Fridays, they're both home. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Droogie is home doing his school thing. But I'm just, I'm, I'm fearing those kids coming back, doing all distance learning. I'm fearful that, that, you know, businesses will have to shut down. Gyms will have to shut down. I just I hope that day doesn't happen. I think what I'm most worried about, we've talked about this on the show before, especially in cold weather states like Minnesota. There's so many restaurants that are just going to be basically screwed. I mean, there's already enough that have shut down. And that's why that like, listen, I'm uh, I'm 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 self-aware enough to say that I'd be going to restaurants and ordering takeout even during a non-pandemic. But I think like I'm trying to make conscious decisions. Is there anything I can do to keep a restaurant alive by just ordering on a Thursday night, right? I do worry about a lot of these businesses just not being able to churn enough of a profit. So fingers crossed as we go into the next couple of months here. I mean, it's just, it's sad. I mean, I just saw a tweet about all the local newspapers that that no longer exist, right? We just saw the news yesterday about city pages, right? Shutting things down. I mean, I just think about the business that we are in. Yep. But yeah, restaurants go up and down the list. It's just, it's so dire right now. It's yeah. It's depressing, frankly. Yep. So, uh, Judd, you go ahead. Fire away. There's all there's a mixed bag of scoops we can dive into. So once you reach in uh, twins first, Dukes Cruz, uh, we, we saw a report. I believe it was from the Star Tribune last week about the fact that the cruise camp was trying to get or was uh, seeking a two year deal. And that was not going to happen. T- tell me this. What do you think the twins priority on trying to bring him back at 40 is because he does seem like an incredibly important dynamic to that team on and off the field. And I think that clubhouse dynamic definitely changes in a big way. If, uh, if Cruz is not back in it in 2021. Judd, they want him back now on that star tribune report last week. Lavelle is my guy, right? I mean, he was in my wedding party for Pete's sakes. I love Lavelle, big teddy bear, but, 
but he didn't talk to the crew side. That was a very one-sided story. Then he put out a tweet about the likelihood of, of the National League not having the designated hitter in 2021. Those are talks that will happen down the road. I still think there's a decent chance, if not a strong chance, mm-hmm. that the DH will be in the National League in 2021. So if so, that just opens up the possibilities for Nelson, who we know at this point is strictly a DH. The Twins want him back, Judd. If they could have him back on a one-year deal, maybe even at the same number as as 2020, obviously he made the prorated salary in 2020, but I think he was on the hook for what? About twelve and a half to fourteen million in twenty twenty. Yep. If they can get him back at that number, I think they would happily do it. The issue is all it will take is one team. I still think he's looking for for the money, right? Like if he can still cash out at forty years old, he can talk all he wants about chasing a ring. But if the opportunity is there for for a two year deal, let's say it's a team that's that's maybe on the come, like a team like the Cincinnati Reds, if they offer two years, I don't think he's going to turn it down. Like I think if Nelson, all things considered. Would like to be back here, but if somebody else offers two, the Twins only offer one, he's going to take the two. I'm positive of that. Do you have any sense as to just how bad, I mean, Rob Manfred talked about revenue losses yesterday, but I would have to think the Twins are going to cut the payroll for 2021. Do you have any sense at all of what type of a budget they're working with? They spent almost $140 million on last year's opening day payroll before COVID hit and the prorations. What do you think, dudes? Well, I mean, we even saw the first of, of maybe a few dominoes falling with, with the news about Sergio Romo breaking last night, right? Mm-hmm. That, that I think that was, that was a foregone conclusion that they would decline the $5 million option. But maybe in, in normal circumstances, maybe they exercise that option. Maybe Romo's back next year at $5 million. But in, in these times, I think you had to decline that, that $5 million option. How about the St. Louis Cardinals? Colton Wong is a good player. I think he's really good for Twins draft pick. Years ago, a $12.5 million option. To me, that's not crazy money for Colton Wong. Yet the Cardinals decline that option, buy him out at $1 million? Like, that to me is unheard of. So I know there are a lot of people fearful across the game, not necessarily just the Twins organization, with contracts expiring here, you know, with the season over. You know, a lot of scouts' contracts are expiring here in the coming days and weeks. Will those contracts be renewed? You know, we've already seen some changes with the Cubs and, and the Red Sox and, and some other big-time organizations. I think something eventually is coming here. The Poleads have been incredibly generous. But, yeah, I can't speak specifically to what it will be. But, yeah, I foresee some sort of changes internally. They just can't keep going at the rate they were going at with, with the revenues lost that, that, that exist. And, and we don't even know at this point if fans will be allowed back in the ballpark in 2021. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think in, in some capacity right. outdoors, right, mm-hmm. that, that we can come up with some sort of plan. We saw the Saints host some fans at CHS. Yeah, it won't be zero. I'm sure the would love to host some fans at TCF. I don't think it'll be zero, but can it be 30,000? I mean, that seems unlikely in April and May, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just saw Dr. Fauci the other day on some podcast or some television show saying, you know, we're not going to return to, to any sense of normalcy until the end of 2021, maybe 2022. So I just struggle to see like target fields full April, May, June, July, August. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dukes, what did the Gopher football team and Fleck learn about themselves in that complete debacle loss? Because um, I wasn't I wasn't not shocked, to be very clear, that they lost that game. But the way that they lost that game and the way that the defense played was um, at the very least concerning if you are P.J. Fleck or a Gopher football fan. Well, absolutely. I mean, you think about that that long touchdown run, you know, the, the Michigan back wasn't, wasn't even touched, right? You know, Cody Lindenberg is going to be good. I saw him working out. He trains with, with a guy I know real well, Eric Harrison here in town. I saw Cody Lindenberg, the, the Anoka kid, training this summer. He is going to be a really good player. But, but to start at middle linebacker, as a true freshman, I mean, that's just, that's unheard of. Without full spring practice, without a real full training camp, at least, a you know, a traditional training camp. I mean, maybe we should have seen this coming, especially when I heard the news last week about, you know, Dunlap. He's got an Achilles injury. He's not going to be back anytime soon. Palele, it sounds like he's opting out. So you're down two really key players wow. on that offensive line. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the buzz. That, that, now, who knows? I mean, that could be fluid. I mean, does he change his mind? But, yeah, that was the buzz last week that, that he's leaning toward toward opting out. So, I mean, that's mm. two key players on that offensive line. That Michigan front four, with all due respect to Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, 
that is the best front four that the Gophers will see, at least in the regular season. Let's see what the ninth game brings. But of these eight games, the Gophers won't see a defensive front better than Michigan's the rest of the year. I'll tell you one thing they learned, Judd. They should have had some some punting tryouts, right? Like Bowie Mafe punted at Hopkins High School. Bowie Mafe is an incredible athlete. How the hell do they not have somebody on the roster, Tanner Morgan, somebody that could have, you know, done a better job? I know they do. They have somebody that could have done a better job than this Middle Tennessee State grad transfer that was a holder. He didn't punt at Middle Tennessee State. What? He maybe punted in garbage time once or twice. He's not a punter. He's a holder. They should have known this. Did he they, fudge his yeah. resume? Did he? Did he? Did he, <laughs> did he fudge his resume? No, they they knew, but. but you know, I mean, heck, I mean, you're down your top two punters, right? I mean, you know, COVID got them and the 21-day rule and all that, right? But how did they not have a backup plan to their backup plan? I just, that was baffling to me. So <laughs> I, I hope tomorrow night that kid isn't back there punting. But they'll be okay. They're going to win tomorrow. They're a 21-point favorite. Maryland is atrocious. They should beat Illinois. I can't sit here and tell you they'll beat Purdue week four. But at least I think if if... We have, you know, this conversation leading into the Purdue game in two weeks. I think we'll be talking about a 2 and one go for football team and feeling a little bit better about things. The offense is still going to produce, even minus those two offensive linemen. They'll find ways to get Altman Bell the ball more than, you know, the one target he got on Saturday. They'll find a way to mix in those tight ends. You know, Brevin Spanford, don't sleep on the kid from St. Cloud. The offense is going to produce. But, yeah, defensively, Judd, no doubt about it. It's going to be a struggle. I told you guys a couple weeks ago, the buzz from camp was the offense was scoring left and right. You know, and a lot of people were like, that's because the offense is great. Well, some of it was because the defense stinks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dukes, all right, cheap plug here. You have Brian Windhorst, our ESPN NBA insider, on an upcoming episode of the Scoop podcast. And uh, and Windy is always good to play along with some, some good-natured speculation. But we are now, what, three weeks away from the NBA draft. The Wolves have the number one pick. The Wolves are sort of at the centerpiece of a lot of potential movement in the NBA. So pick out, you guys did a ton of reckless speculation and people can find the full thing this week on the scoop podcast, but give us like one juicy nugget that, that you dove into with Brian Windhorst, Timberwolves related. Well, how about two? I mean, we went down the rabbit hole of, of where things are at with, with Glenn Taylor selling the wolves. We just saw earlier this week, the Utah jazz sell for approximately $1.66 billion. The Utah jazz yeah. In Salt Lake City, now the arena is part of that. It's an older arena that's been renovated. You know, so you have to enter that into the mix. But still, the Utah Jazz sold for $1.66 billion. So we went down that rabbit hole. He laid out why Kevin Garnett is an incredible long shot, his group, to end up being the winning bidders. We also touched on James Wiseman, Memphis, NBA draft prospect why he potentially won't work out for the Wolves. So the Wolves are trying to get in, trying to get some face time with James Wiseman. They're allowed 10 draft visits. It's more about taking these kids out to dinner, getting to know them. Yeah, they'll watch them work out in a gym, but you're not going to glean a whole lot when nobody's defending them. It's more about, you know, you bring the doctor with, if, if you can do some sort of medical check, and then bringing them, them out for a meal and just learning about their background, getting to know them face-to-face, while the Wolves are trying to get some face time with James Wiseman, that still might happen. But both Wendy and I have heard that, that as of now, just because of Carl Anthony Towns' presence, Wiseman, his camp, just don't look at the Wolves as, as a logical destination, as a logical option. So why, why grant them that face time? So I'm not saying it can't change. Maybe the Wolves here in a few days get some face time with James Wiseman, but, but Wendy laid out why, at least right now, James Wiseman isn't isn't inclined to meet with the Wolves. So, Duke, as the date uh, for the draft, which is the 18th, correct, draws closer, is your feeling more and more that they're going to keep the pick and make the pick or that they are uh, more likely to shop it and try and trade it? Yeah, and that's something else that Wendy and I talked about. I think they are going to make Judd every effort to trade the pick. I do. Now, can they find a trade partner in the end? To be determined. I mean, my understanding is, you know, final slash hardcore offers haven't come in yet. I mean, you know, sitting here on October 29th, we still have, what, three weeks to go. Those those offers will come in November 15th, 16th, 17th, the morning of November 18th. Yeah, but I, I can see some sort of deal happening. Like, I think the steam about Charlotte wanting Wiseman is legit. Charlotte sits there at three. You know, can the Wolves get a future unprotected first-round pick from Charlotte? 
that might be aggressive, but you know, maybe it's got a little bit of protection, you know, so would you move from one to three, take a future first round pick or maybe some other asset? I mean, I don't think they're giving up PJ Washington or another one of their, their pretty good young players, but I just think Charlotte at pick three is a real, real logical trade partner, but possibly Chicago at four. I think New York wanting LaMelo Ball is legit, but what would the Knicks give up to move from eight to one? You know, Anthony Edwards has a workout that will be on TV tonight, ESPN2 in in suburban Los Angeles, Thousand Oaks. I can tell you Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders were out west earlier this week. I don't know for sure that they'll be in Thousand Oaks tonight, but presumably the Wolves are going to be there. So, yeah, for for anybody watching this right now or listening to this, 7 o'clock Central tonight, you can watch Anthony Edwards' workout, and we can see if, if Rosas and Saunders are in the gym. You know, so is it possible that, that Atlanta is at the workout tonight and Atlanta just salivates? Maybe Edwards looks just off the charts solid that Atlanta pick six says, okay, we need the hometown guy. I think there's still some some possibilities that, that could, you know, rear their heads here. But I think at this point, the Wolves are locking in on Edwards, Ball. I wouldn't sleep on Obi Toppin or Tyrese Halliburton. I wouldn't necessarily sleep on Avdia. Those are names I would look at. And, and they're trying to get FaceTime with Wiseman, you know, you could make a case, you know, and, and I won't claim to be this, this, this great draft expert, but I lean on people that, that are, I hear that, that he's got the highest floor. Like if you want to bet on one prospect for the next five years or eight years or 10 years, it's James Wiseman. He may not be a great fit next to Carl Anthony Towns, but offensively and defensively, James Wiseman has a really high ceiling and he's got the highest floor. So mm-hmm. you're going to get a pretty good player. And you have a chance to get a multi-time all-star. Dukes, what about the Vikings? Trade deadline on Tuesday. They've already made one move. And there's all kinds of discussion and, and rumors about the Harrison Smiths and Adam Thielens and, and whatnot. How active do you think they're going to be? Or will Sunday's game against the Packers help determine how active they're going to be before next Tuesday? Well, yeah. Or, you know, if, if some team suffers an injury on Sunday, do they then come calling? Like, let's say... Well, I'll give you an example. The Washington Redskins lost the safety last Sunday. Collins goes down, right? The Redskins still have a chance. It's laughable, but they still have a chance to win the NFC East. I'm told the Redskins now have some interest in Anthony Harris because they need a safety. Hmm. So is it possible some team maybe suffers an injury on Sunday, then circles back to the Vikings Sunday night or Monday mor- or morning? So that's something to keep an eye on. But today is almost a an unofficial deadline because – like, let's say a team wants Riley Reef. We all know Riley Reef is available. Mm-hmm. They may want Riley to get to their city, quarantine for a few days, and then be ready for a week from Sunday. So, like, the Lions trade this week for Everson Griffin. The Lions will have Everson Griffin November 8th here at U.S. Bank Stadium for that game against the Vikings. The Lions wanted to do that deal with Dallas now, so they would have Griffin for that November 8th game. So that's why today is, is almost like an unofficial trade deadline. So keep an eye on today. I still think they make at least one more move. So I set the over-under with you guys last week, I think at one and a half. That was right before the Yannick Ngakwe news broke. Yep. I think I would still take the over on that. So I think at least one more move is happening. I don't think it's Thielen. I don't think it's Harrison Smith. But could it be Reef? Possibly. Could it be Harris? Possibly. I was told that Reef has told some teammates that he thinks he's getting traded. Now, here's hmm. here's the catch on that. I was also told that Reef was told by somebody in the Vikings front office that they're not trading him. Uh, the way I, I sift through that is he's available. We all know that. You can shift Ezra Cleveland to left tackle. Yeah. I don't think Riley Reef is here next year. It just makes logical sense that that if they get the right offer, that they would move him. Now, Tennessee, we thought, needed a left tackle. But I was texting with somebody, somebody that we all know, that, that is down there in Nashville. And he told me, and I think the, the tape speaks for itself, that, that the replacement, I forget his name, but whoever the replacement is at left tackle for Tennessee, Played incredibly well against Pittsburgh last Sunday. So now Tennessee is saying, well, maybe we don't need a left tackle. You know, but keep an eye on Tennessee this week. Like, if that left tackle struggles on Sunday, does Tennessee then circle back to the Vikings? I am told Tennessee has spoken to the Vikings, but but I don't sense anything is, like, right on the cusp of happening, at least right this second. Cam Dantzler did what, Dukes? Well, I mean, it was the bye week, Judd. So the Vikings in the NFL, I mean, they've come to this agreement, right, the Players Association and the league, that, that guys can't travel during their bye week. So right. normal year, guys would hop on an airplane and head to Cabo, right, or Las Vegas. Well, you can't do that in this COVID world. So 
So what a lot of players did was have their family members come here, right? Come visit me, right? A lot of these guys are lonely. They had a bunch of free time. They practiced early in the week, but then they had, you know, a bunch of days off. So a lot of guys had family members or significant others come to town, come visit. So I'm told Cam Dantzler, hey, why not? He had a family member come visit. Well, so that family member stayed at his place. Well, now it turns out that family member has tested positive. So it's contact tracing. So I'm told Cam Dantzler, at least at this moment, has not tested positive himself. But because he was in such close contact with somebody that tested positive, Cam Dantzler is now on that COVID list. This is all part of the Vikings' genius plan to lose as many games as possible this year. It's brilliance. It's Everyone wants Rick Spielman fired and Mike Zimmer fired. These guys are geniuses. Geniuses. Well, think about the cornerbacks that will be on the field on Sunday. Yeah, me. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will be. I'm playing. I'm playing. Like, it's not like, been announced yet. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got as many NFL snaps as Droogie, right? It's like he's played in one game. Don't they just Droogie elevated down. him from the practice squad. I think there's a legitimate chance this kid Fields is going to play a lot of snaps on Dude, Sunday. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back anytime soon. Holton Hill's got this foot issue, so there's a decent chance Hill doesn't play. So no Hughes, no Hill, likely no Dantzler. So who the heck is going to play cornerback on Sunday? <laughs> Me. I told you that. Yeah. Hughes looks like it's bad. Um, I, I saw Courtney had the tweet last night that the neck problem continues to be an, a problem for Hughes. That is a bad sign, boys, because th- this is last year into this year now. Um, Hughes was the one guy. I I said this in training camp. If the, if the 2020 Vikings had any chance at success, Mike Hughes had to play a lot and play well. I don't know that it's fair to say his career is in jeopardy, but when you have a reoccurring neck problem, that certainly is not to be taken lightly. So that could be a very big deal for 2020 and well beyond for the Vikings, Doogie. No doubt. You know, and, and you know, you can make a case they missed him in the postseason last year. I mean, this is a recurring issue, right? This isn't yeah. the first time he's had a neck issue. And yeah, I mean, it's one thing, you know, the knee or the shoulder, but then, yeah, you start talking about the neck. I'm with you, Judd. There absolutely could be long-term ramifications. It's unfortunate. I think there's something there. We just haven't really had a chance to see that there's something there. So at this point, you know, because to me, durability is a skill, right? And he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So at this point, unfortunately, I think we need to label him as a first-round bust. Yeah. Uh, Rapid fire, any final scoops from you, dudes, before we say goodbye? Yeah, Zeke Najee, Hopkins High School, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, University of Arizona. He will meet again today with the Miami Heat. They saw him work out recently. He also has future workouts with the Jazz, the Spurs, and the Pistons. I think it's trending pretty good for these for these four Minnesota kids. I mean, there's more than, than four Minnesotans who are NBA draft prospects. But when talking about Tyrell Terry, Zeke Naji, Daniel Oturu, and Trey Jones, I think there's a chance all four go in the first round. If if not, I mean, they're all going to go like top 35 to 38, which which is one hell of a story when talking about four guys. You think about Terry and Najee, they played together for D1 Minnesota, an AAU team. And you think about Aturu and Trey Jones playing together for Howard Pulley. So just some cool storylines with the local kids with the NBA draft. Nice. You can find more inside information about your favorite local sports teams. The Scoop podcast with Doogie and Catch Him as part of the five eyewitness news sports team. Dukes. all right. Have a good rest of your day and uh, be safe out there. See you, boys. Take it easy, Declan. Thanks, we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to Doogie. We'll keep it here, and uh, let's let's riff on a couple of these things that he brought up. First and foremost, this notion that the Vikings, you know, and a, lot, a lot of this is just smoke screens and whatnot, but the Vikings, in my mind, have to make at least a couple more trades between now and Tuesday. There's like there's even if they even if they miraculously beat the Packers mm-hmm. on Sunday, which I don't think they will, especially with that secondary against Aaron Rodgers. There is no reason to put more chips and and more equity into the 2020 season. You need to be looking at 2021-22, getting as many draft assets as you can. Ideally, if there's a way to get a first or a second round pick right. between now and Tuesday, you should be doing it. And so, like i i would I would be pretty surprised if and and I would be upset if they decided to not make any more moves between. There now you and go Tuesday. again, being all upset, being we'll all make- mad at our local teams, <laughs> make all these them- teams. Make the moves you're supposed to make. Like, it's not hard in, in some of these cases. The reef trade to me makes perfect sense because of this. There's no compelling case for Ezra Cleveland not to play left tackle. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason to get to training camp 2021 
and be like, okay, now you're shifting there. Ain't this going to be grand? There is get him. Look, it doesn't matter. He might not be good. It doesn't matter. What are you doing? Protecting Kirk Cousins, your franchise QB? No, you're not. He's not. So there, there are cases to be made that trades also make sense in some ways to get guys playing time. The Ngakwe trade, right? Made sense because now you're going to get guys in there and get them playing time that they would, would not have gotten as the uh, percentage of the snaps if Ngakwe was here. So I think that if you're the Vikings, there's a few positions on which it's absolutely incumbent to to get rid of the the old dead weight to get guys in. You drafted Ezra Cleveland in the second round, okay? I'm going to put this very simple. As far as offensive linemen go in, in Rick Spielman's drafting career here, Ezra Cleveland can't be a bust. Like, he can't be. If he's a bust as a second-round pick, do you know what that says? You whiffed on a second-round left tackle? Like, that's not excusable. That is not. So why wouldn't you want to get him approximately half a season of starting snaps? Mm-hmm. There's no reason not to. Also, it's here's another thing about Ezra Cleveland. Oh, why I, I, I'd like to see how he welcome now to the club. fired up. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Here? These teams will piss you off, man. We've watched them for too long. Um, but, you know, we sit here and rightfully so. We, we rag on and complain about the state of the offensive line and how they've just been unable to find – anything other than a revolving door at most of these positions. But if Ezra Cleveland does pan out to be a competent left tackle, and we think Brian O'Neill is going to be, let's say an eight year guy at right tackle and Garrett Bradbury is not elite by any means, but he's taking major steps forward. He did take a step backward in their last game, according to pro football focus, but like he's been better this year and making steps forward. If, if they did get the Ezra Cleveland pick, right, at least you could then make the case that they're on the right track with, guys that you can trust at the three most important offensive line positions. And I think it's, it's, it's generally a lot easier to cultivate and find guards either in free agency or in the middle round of the draft. And those guards are just going to be better if those other three positions are short up. So I would, I would get moving on the Ezra Cleveland to left tackle front as quickly as possible. And I would, I would look to, I would look to trade Riley Reeve in part just to free up left tackle for the second half of the season for Ezra Cleveland to just, Get some experience and make the trades now because if you if you get cute and Rick likes to get cute, if you get cute and take this to the deadline on Tuesday, I'm telling you that market is going to be flooded. Look at all the crappy teams and and there are good players on those crappy teams that can be traded, right? If you get if you think to yourself, I'm going to take these guys to market and I'm going to dangle them out there for the next four or five days. That's a stupid decision when it comes to reef. When it comes to guys like that, take what you can get. I don't care what the pick is. Take the pick and move on and get guys experience. Don't tempt yourself to have the coaching staff because if if Riley Reef stays in place, they're not going to yank him. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff's not going to. Don't give the coaching staff the option of deciding, well, Reef, I mean, we do like him and because – if Ezra Cleveland plays guard or or sits and he might just sit, you have wasted valuable experience. And and what's the what's the case? Like what's the discussion there? Well, but what if we beat the Packers? I don't care if you beat the Packers, you stink. Yeah, you actually it it is a must tank game for the Vikings yes. against the Packers. A must yeah, tank but game. Yeah, but Zim's all fired up now. And here's the bad thing. I, I think if, if you check it out, I think the Packers play um the Thursday after that against San Francisco, and there, there, I guess, already is a ton of talk about, yeah, the Niners game, our revenge game for Green Bay, right? Oh, so you're saying this is a trap game against the Vikings. <laughs> yes, I'm very concerned. And Zim's all fired yeah. up now. Zim got on his press conference uh, on Wednesday and started in, you know, on, well, here's why I called the uh, Hunter thing a tweak, and you guys give me crap for that. He's all fired. It's like, just calm down. <laughs> Everybody calm down and lose. I don't think Mike Zimmer has now. No, we've seen Mike Zimmer be able to win the chess match against Aaron Rodgers, but that's when he has like the actual chess pieces needed. I don't think he's got the chess pieces. He doesn't have the pass rushers and he's got all these inexperienced. Like he already had inexperienced cornerbacks. And now those inexperienced guys are not playing. Um, We also have, we have some major tankathon updates. We've got some stealth high level ninja tanking happening around the NFL right now. If you're the Vikings at one and five right now, and there are five teams with worse records, you better be on your A tanking game the rest of the season. So here's the latest news, okay? Okay. The 
two and four Los Angeles Chargers have at least one COVID case. They sent out a statement. I haven't read it yet. So so they're looking to get some starting players uh, deactivated for the next couple of weeks. The New York Giants have yeah. had some COVID cases come out today at yeah. one and six, trying to preserve their standing with the number two overall pick. <laughs> this is going to be, yes. And maybe the biggest one, maybe the biggest one. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars have oh, sent yeah. some sort of a goon squad over to Gardner <laughs> Minshew's house to break bones and ligaments in his throwing thumb. And so Gardner Minshew, I, I would think that that puts his season in jeopardy with Jacksonville. And uh, and they're sitting at one and six now without one of their best players. And Gardner Minshew is not amazing, but like he's one of their best players. Mm-hmm. So three teams that are just jockeying for tanking position right now and making moves. So, But that's good, that, right? Well, it's bad for the Vikings. No, no, but, but um, the Chargers won't take a QB. Right. For sure. So they're out. So if, if they tank, it's good. Jacksonville might. Jacksonville, Jackson, might. Jacksonville scares me. And the Gi- the Giants, I, I would de- declare right now, unknown, undecided yeah. right now. Like, it depends on, on who, who the GM is. Does uh, Daniel Jones play well? But the Chargers and and the Dolphins, who, who have the uh, Texans' first-round pick, you guys go. That's great because you're not taking quarterbacks. I don't think so. Declan, have you started your all 22 film study yet this week? Oh, that's going to be this weekend's task. That's going to be this weekend. Oh, Obviously, um, get, I'm watching Halloween tonight, so I have that DVR ready to go for actually uh, rewind tomorrow. Do, do I have thoughts? Oh, I can't wait. Did you already watch it, Judd? Yeah. Nice. So I've, I, seen, I've probably seen that movie about 100 times, and I'm excited to watch it again. Oh, I haven't I watched it wait. yet this year. First time. First time. So many things. I was astound- <laughs> I was astounded by certain things. Can't wait to get to it. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to get into it this weekend. So this okay, this so, will be good. All, all all 22 scouting. All, all Declan scouting here. All the quarterbacks. I'm excited to watch them. So man, we should we should BYU. almost we should get Courtney our draft scout and uh, what's Declan's scouting name going to be? Well, I also have De- our initial name, but Declan art. I mean, Declan, Declan our draft scout kind of sounds like a ripoff of Courtney's. De- Declan G draft scout. Declan G draft scout. BYU Saturday game. What time? I'm I'm trying to find it because th- this to me is the most important quarterback that you're going to scout. BYU's game. Oh, I think I've got it right here. Um, Halloween night, Western K- oh, Western Kentucky. Oh yeah. Ooh, what time? A fifteen Mountain. So nine fifteen here Saturday oh, night. Nine fifteen yes. Western Kentucky in in Provo. Okay, <laughs> that's the one you have to watch because that's the kid I need more on. That's like Pac-12. That's like a late night college football. That's the only like college football I usually like is Pac-12 after dark. But so that's ESPN like, Dex. It's love perfect. It. Yes, that's Zach Wilson, right? That's headband guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Bring on, bring on the Mormons. Bring on BYU. I'm excited to watch him. Dude, Zach, dude, Zach Wilson. I don't know who they've played this year, but Zach Wilson is completing like 80 percent of his passes this year for BYU. Yeah, he's 78 percent completion, 16 touchdowns, one pick. And a headband that would look great under a purple helmet, boys. Let's make wow. this happen. I'm all about the headband, so I'm I'm all for it. So they they beat Navy fifty five to three. They beat Troy forty eight to seven. They beat Louisiana Tech forty five oh, to fourteen. That's and a that's they, a that's a tough Louisiana Tech team this year too. And then then they played a close game against UTSA at home. UTSA and won twenty seven twenty. And then they beat Houston forty three twenty six. Uh, Who's UTSA? Is that San Antonio? And yes. Texas and Texas State 52-14 last Saturday night. Wow. Okay, so Texas, San Antonio. Yep. yep. A powerhouse down there. Powerhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Declan, that's your job. I need a full report. I'm excited. We'll, we'll do it on Monday. On Zach Wilson. We'll do it on Monday. I can't wait. Love it. Love it. All right. The that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Action movie rewind tomorrow it takes a turn toward a classic horror movie, as we mentioned, Halloween. So uh, it's that time of season for the original Halloween. And also, don't forget about our daily Vikings looking for other scary things. Our daily Vikings conversations. Yeah. Joe, you like practicing, are you practicing your curveball grips over there? I just noticed yeah. that. I, I got a change-up grip. I got a curveball grip. I got a split finger, a little split finger for you grip. You a little, yeah. little tricky Ricky Nolasco there. You got like eight different pitches in your repertoire. I got <laughs> tricky Ricky Nolasco. I got my cars. I got my cars in the garage, my muscle cars. I like to work on them. It's amazing. Uh, so, Ricky, uh, what, do you, what do you like to do, you know, when you're not playing baseball? I like cars. All right. <laughs> I will say this. That is that is one of the very few introductory press conferences at which I said complete meathead and he's gonna fail. 
<laughs> like there was never a moment where I said, I really sort of like him. Never trust people whose like only hobby is I like cars. Like, all right, I like good, to collect cool. cars and I'm a hard ass. Well, that's great. <laughs> uh, all right. That's a wrap on this episode. Check out Purple Daily for our daily Vikings conversations. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, or where you can find Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. See ya. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 